Chapter Seven and Eight of Ward Number Six by Anton Chekhov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Seven. After seeing his friend out, Andrey Yefimitch would sit down at the table and begin reading again. The stillness of the evening and afterwards of the night was not broken by a single sound, and it seemed as though time were standing still and brooding with the doctor over the book, and as though there were nothing in existence but the books and the lamp with the green shade. The doctor's coarse, peasant-like face was gradually lighted up by a smile of delight and enthusiasm over the progress of the human intellect. Oh, why is not man immortal, he thought. What is the good of the brain centers and convolutions, what is the good of sight, speech, self-consciousness, genius, if it is all destined to depart into the soil, and in the end to grow cold together with the earth's crust, and then for millions of years to fly with the earth round the sun with no meaning and no object? To do that there was no need at all to draw a man with his lofty, almost godlike intellect out of non-existence, and then, as though in mockery, to turn him into clay, the transmutation of substances, but what cowardice to comfort oneself with that cheap substitute for immortality. The unconscious processes that take place in nature are lower even than the stupidity of man, since in stupidity there is, anyway, consciousness and will, while in those processes there is absolutely nothing. Only the coward who has more fear of death than dignity can comfort himself with the fact that his body will in time live again in the grass, in the stones, in the toad. To find one immortality in the transmutation of substances is as strange as to prophesy a brilliant future for the case after a precious violin has been broken and become useless. When the clock struck, Andrey Yefimitch would sink back into his chair and close his eyes to think a little. And under the influence of the fine ideas of which he had been reading, he would, unawares, recall his past and his present. The past was hateful, better not to think of it and it was the same in the present as in the past. He knew that at the very time when his thoughts were floating together with the cooling earth round the sun, in the main building beside his abode people were suffering in sickness and physical impurity. Someone perhaps could not sleep and was making war upon the insects. Someone was being infected by erysipelas or moaning over too tight a bandage. Perhaps the patients were playing cards with the nurses and drinking vodka. According to the yearly return, 12,000 people had been deceived. The whole hospital rested, as it had done 20 years ago, on thieving, filth, scandals, gossip, on gross quackery, and as before, it was an immoral institution, extremely injurious to the health of the inhabitants. He knew that Nikita knocked the patients about behind the barred windows of Ward Number 6, and that Moiseka went about the town every day begging alms. On the other hand, he knew very well that a magical change had taken place in medicine during the last twenty-five years. When he was studying at the university, he had fancied that medicine would soon be overtaken by the fate of alchemy and metaphysics. But now, when he was reading at night, the science of medicine touched him and excited his wonder and even enthusiasm. What unexpected brilliance! What a revolution! Thanks to the antiseptic system, operations were performed such as the great pirogov had considered impossible even in spay 
Ordinarily Zemstvo doctors were venturing to perform the resection of the kneecap. Of abdominal operations only one percent was fatal, while stone was considered such a trifle that they did not even write about it. A radical cure for syphilis had been discovered, and the theory of heredity, hypnotism, the discoveries of Pasteur and of Koch, hygiene based on statistics, and the work of Zemstvo doctors. Psychiatry, with its modern classification of mental diseases, methods of diagnosis and treatment, was a perfect elborus in comparison with what had been in the past. They no longer poured cold water on the heads of lunatics, nor put straight waistcoats upon them. They treated them with humanity, and even, so it was stated in the papers, got up balls and entertainments for them. Andrey Yefimitch knew that with modern tastes and views, such an abomination as Ward Number 6 was possible only a hundred and fifty miles from a railway in a little town where the mayor and all the town council were half-illiterate tradesmen who looked upon the doctor as an oracle who must be believed without any criticism even if he had poured molten lead into their mouths in any other place the public and the newspapers would long ago have torn this little bastille to pieces but after all what of it andrey yefimitch would ask himself opening his eyes there is the antiseptic system, there is Koch, there is Pasteur, but the essential reality is not altered a bit. Ill health and mortality are still the same. They get up balls and entertainments for the mad, but still they don't let them go free. So it's all nonsense and vanity, and there is no difference in reality between the best Vienna clinic and my hospital. But depression and a feeling akin to envy prevented him from feeling indifferent. It must have been owing to exhaustion his heavy head sank on to the book he put his hands under his face to make it softer and thought i serve in a pernicious institution and receive a salary from people whom i am deceiving i am not honest but then i of myself am nothing i am only part of an inevitable social evil all local officials are pernicious and receive their salary for doing nothing and so for my dishonesty it is not i who am to blame but the times if I had been born two hundred years later, I should have been different. When it struck three, he would put out his lamp and go into his bedroom. He was not sleepy. Chapter 8 Two years before, the Zemstvo, in a liberal mood, had decided to allow three hundred roubles a year to pay for additional medical service in the town till the Zemstvo hospital shall be opened, and the district doctor, Yevgeny Fyodorich Hobotov, was invited to the town to assist Andrey Yefimitch. He was a very young man, not yet thirty, tall and dark, with broad cheekbones and little eyes. His forefathers had probably come from one of the many alien races of Russia. He arrived in the town without a farthing, with a small portmanteau and a plain young woman whom he called his cook. This woman had a baby at the breast. Yevgeny Fyodorich used to go about in a cap with a peak and in high boots and in the winter wore a sheepskin. He made great friends with Sergei Sergeyitch, the medical assistant, and with the treasurer, but held aloof from the other officials, and for some reason called them aristocrats. He had only one book in his lodgings, the latest prescriptions of the Vienna Clinic for 1881. When he went to a patient, he always took this book with him. He played billiards in the evening at the club. He did not like cards. He was very fond of using in conversation such expressions as endless bobbery, canting soft soap, shut up with your finicking. He visited the hospital twice a week, 
made the round of the wards and saw outpatients. The complete absence of antiseptic treatment and the cupping roused his indignation, but he did not introduce any new system, being afraid of offending Andrey Yefimitch. He regarded his colleague as a sly old rascal, suspected him of being a man of large means, and secretly envied him. He would have been very glad to have his post. End of chapter 8 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine